0: Someone observed that when you see a brick wall, you've got to remember that uh, that was built one brick at a time. Uh, Time is a a key factor. In the same way, if it feels like there's a wall between you and your spouse, it's probably because over time, a number of small things have added up. And uh, what we want to do today is help you have some tools to bring the walls down in your relationship and to reconnect. I'm John Fuller, joined in the studio by Aaron and Greg Smalley. And uh, Erin, it seems that the little things are really the the things that become big problems over time.
1: Yes, they sure do. You think about when things aren't addressed and they're just this little small thing, over the years and through the seasons, they become bigger. One couple comes to mind that early on, raising small kids, the wife felt very overwhelmed and overloaded with responsibilities with having two small kids and her husband was out doing his thing and he had hobbies as well as work and on and on but she never brought it up and so over the years the pattern continued and again so often one person doesn't even know it's a problem because they haven't heard about it in a way that they can hear typically it'll come out during conflict or something, and. You know but then if nothing's ever resolved Mm -hmm. they just keep going so you know fast forward to having teenagers and the division of roles and responsibilities in their homes still feels unfair and so what i love is this couple is really digging in and they are beginning to really talk about what was it like back here when we had small kids what did that feel like as well as how can we do it differently today Mm -hmm. so going back and repairing some of the pain but then looking at you know chores around the house how do we divide them up in a way that it feels fair yeah yeah
0: you know as you're speaking i'm thinking of the time when our kids were younger and i was uh, i was about 40 and dina uh, pulled me aside and just said you know this running marathon hobby you have, it's, it's like you get up Saturday morning and you're gone for four hours doing a 15 or 18 mile run. Can you find a hobby like that we can do with you? Which was a totally reasonable thing. I was escaping. I, I didn't put that label on it, but she called me out and it was like, okay, I'm so glad she brought that up. I did not respond immediately, but the Lord kind of took me out. He, he, gave me great knee pain shortly thereafter. And so I was forced to retire from marathoning. And yeah, uh, things changed. And she still, I think, could resent that if I was off three or four hours at a time. But uh, it was good that she could bring that up. And I'm glad God helped me listen. Uh, Let's go ahead and hear a couple now where she brought it up and he listened And they're together um, through some really difficult things. Jeff and Sarah Walton have captured their story in a book called Together Through the Storms. We've got details in the episode notes, but let's go ahead and listen as they shared about their relationship with Jim Daly. A good concept that you bring up in the book that I totally agree with is this idea of building bridges instead of walls.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: It's such an obvious illustration, but describe it. Yeah, I think from a standpoint of it's very easy to build walls within the marriage. And often those are subtle. And before we know it, they're popping up left and right. To me, it divides between emotion and, and spirit. Mm-hmm. Building a wall is emotional response. Yeah. Building bridges is a spiritual response. Yeah, yeah that's, that's helpful. And so I think when we look at building bridges, uh, we have to continue rely on the spirit i think we have to come and be able to recognize that we can't do this apart from him and so it's that humility that is that struggle that all of us have within our flesh we want to take control we want to have our lives look a specific way but when we are up against the wall and we face suffering and we see that with job finally at the end where he comes from the turning point of, of hearing to seeing, then the the beautiful part of that is the bridge has been built when we continue to not look just at our circumstances and what's across the table with our spouse, but then we're able to have that open communication, that bridge that first needs to start with the Lord and not putting up a wall between uh, myself and Him. Yeah. So that bridge, once that is built, then we can have the bridge that's better with our our spouse and continue to talk to them and work through these because it's going to be inevitable that we'll continue to go through cycles. And just because we built the bridge doesn't mean that we're back now on the other side, still putting up walls uh, with our spouse. And so I think it's a constant process of continuing to to grow through that and new trials are going to come and we're going to again grieve something that we've lost in the past and continuing to come back to that foundation
2: i'd also say i think one thing that helps build that bridge is to stop seeing our differences as a negative thing there's so much that i have grown because (laughs) jeff is different than me and vice versa because
3: it's so true (laughs)
2: it is i mean you you naturally at the beginning like you were saying expectations you think your way is right you think your perspective is right But Jeff and I are very different people. We have a lot of things we enjoy together, but we are very different in many ways at the same time. And so those things that used to be major contrasting things, as we've gone through these difficulties and we have gradually built those bridges and seen, oh, Jeff, it's kind of good that he can hold himself together at times emotionally when I'm falling apart because he kind of helps keep us both afloat during that season where my emotion and helping him express that has been a beneficial thing for us to be able to communicate that together. So there are so many different parts about us that we have to remember that we're teammates. We are not enemies in this. We are on the same page. And really, if you think about it, you and your spouse are the only ones that can understand just how much you are walking through. It's a gift that you have each other. You're not going to respond to it the same. And that's where we have to realize that's not always a negative thing. Mm -hmm. We can help gradually come together closer as we understand how we both process those things differently and can actually strengthen both of us.
3: I want to make sure we give, you know, handles to people that are saying, oh my goodness, this is where my marriage is at. This is what we're experiencing to some degree. One of the takeaways that you have in the book is grieving with hope. Describe that. Yeah, I think understanding, again, it's the expectations that there are going to be different cycles of that within the marriage Sarah grieves differently than I do. Uh, We process things differently. And that's part of, again, working through that. It's not all pretty. And it's something that, by God's grace, we've grown in. And so when we can grieve our losses and give each other space, I think as we look at the story of Job and his three friends, his closest friends, we look at how they tried to come alongside of him and be a help. And so as we see in chapter 3, if you read through the book of Job and then the continuing chapters, I think the biggest struggle, and this kind of will come back to the, the grieving, is that his friends talk about God, but they don't talk to God. And so the wisdom that they're giving is, again, kind of through their human lens, and they're not doing any help to Job as he's grieving and as he's sitting in his ash heap and as he just faced loss after loss after loss. The only thing that they did well was the initial seven days that they sat with him in silence, because I think that's super helpful when someone's going through something. They didn't just show up and start saying, this is where I think you're wrong. I think you must have sinned because God's disfavor against you. But they really sat with him but then after that, we see it kind of spiraling downhill. Yeah. And so when we can look at our spouse, understand that there are differences, that we're going to grieve differently, that I think can give also that space and that freedom to get back towards finding our hope in Christ. And so that process for me, which I think uh, we have a chapter on lament. So simply just put talking to God, you know, and I think that's something that I did not understand Well, like that full process of, it's just my nature, I think being more, more stoic stoic (laughs) and reserved and and just trying to push through things. But we see beautifully Job walk through that process of bringing his pain, his confusion, all of his questions to God. Mm -hmm. And he even says that, you know, that's kind of the complaining aspect of it in a healthy biblical way. It doesn't stop there, though, because that's what the world does. Worldly lament stops there. Why? The anger, taking it on God, blaming God. But when we can move past that and bring our pain and our hope and remember back to who God is, that's the beauty of Job is Mm -hmm. we don't get an answer to his question of why. But yet what we come away with is a better understanding of who God is. We see God in chapter like 38 to 40 come to mind of saying, where were you when I created?
0: Well, we certainly heard a lot from Jeff and Sarah Walton and how uh, they took their pain to God and the Lord answered. He reached in. And so, Greg, I guess I'll ask you how couples can... Um, when they're feeling that wall of resentment, maintain some sense of hope that those bricks can be pulled down. God can intervene.
4: I think the most important part of this is to understand that people build walls because they don't feel safe. So therefore, hope comes from knowing what can I control. So if Aaron has a wall up, I can either go, ooh, I don't like that wall— I don't like that resentment or whatever the wall is about and go, so I'm going to scale that wall. I'm going to climb over it. I'm going to dig under it. I'm going to bust through it. And what you're doing is you're taking someone who already feels unsafe and making them more unsafe. The wall is going to grow taller and thicker and there'll probably be Rottweilers patrolling <laughs> her wall. And and why that's significant is that a part of creating safety in the midst of walls is to learn how to honor the wall. Mm-hmm. When when Aaron and I went through a, a, a really dark season in our marriage and there was a big, big wall for Aaron, I did everything I could to convince her to come out from behind that wall and I'm a safe person. And I wasn't honoring the fact that that she was feeling unsafe. And probably in that season of my life, God was growing me, but I wasn't safe. There was some stuff I was still needing to deal with honoring the wall was saying to Aaron that I don't like this, but I know you don't feel safe and I want you to feel safe. And and therefore I'm I'm going to quit trying to tell you to take that thing down. I'm just going to let that thing be okay. And, mm-hmm. and on the outside here, which is cold and lonely, it's not a fun place to be outside the wall, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to really plug into the Lord and I'm going to keep growing. And I the goal is how can I become a safe person, a person that that she feels that she can lower that wall versus trying to convince her that I am. That was a a, a hard season. And again, there's loneliness there. There's frustration. Again, I never liked the wall, but I understood the wall and why it was up. And, And that's hope. Because what, what I did is instead of focusing on Aaron and going, you need to put that wall down, you need to connect, you need to move on, yeah. you need to oh. yeah, You're
0: throwing it all at her right? When you say that.
4: This was me going for the Lord, going, okay, so work on me. Yeah. And the more that happened, well, Aaron, I won't speak for you, but I, I think you began to see some changes. There were mm-hmm. ways that maybe I was showing up differently that perhaps felt safer to you.
1: Well, I say that behind a wall is someone who is typically peeking around the wall, seeing, is it safe out there? So the person behind the wall is watching for specific things, behaviors that help them to feel safe. And so one opportunity you had in that season was to ask me, hey, so I'm out here. I don't like being out here, but I'm honoring your wall. What would I be doing out here that would draw you towards me? What would I be doing out here that would feel safe to you? And so it's a great question to ask when you sense someone is building a wall and there's this separation, maybe closing their heart down. Ask them, okay, so I see you don't feel safe, and I'm going to respect that, but what would I be doing that would cause Mm. you to feel safe?
4: Yeah, and even if your spouse isn't willing to share that, because we've worked with plenty of couples over the years and the one behind the walls, like I ain't saying nothing. Like there's nothing you could do Mm that make me feel safe. My option and the hope comes from, I can always go to the Lord and say, keep growing me, help me to become more of the man, the husband who who you created me to be. I'll go to counseling. I can do a lot to grow. Hopefully that will start to feel safe. For that person behind the wall. And again, you never know. I I can't make a wall come down on its own. Like that's up to Erin. She gets to choose. Either I'm safe or I'm not. And that's her choice. But I can sure be working on me. And that's where true
0: hope lies. And that's where we lean into God because ultimately we can't change on our own. We need his power and help, his spirit, as we heard from Jeff and Sarah in that clip. Well, if you're in a spot where you resonate with what we're talking about, with what you've heard today, and you want to talk to a counselor but you don't have one in your corner, uh, please know we have resources here, and uh, we're a phone call away. We have a counseling team. Uh, It'd be a privilege for us to set up a free phone consultation with one of those counselors when you call 800-the letter A in the word family. Uh, Our donors make it possible for us to offer this resource to you, And uh, you can find out more in the episode notes. And uh, the book by Jeff and Sarah Walton is terrific. It's called Together Through the Storms. Uh, It captures their story. It's got scripture in it, and it'll be an inspiration to you. Uh, Get a copy of that from us here when you make a donation to the ministry of Focus on the Family. Uh, Make a gift of any amount to us, and we'll send the book to you. Details are in the show notes. Next time we'll hear from Dr. Julie Slattery about maintaining emotional intimacy in the empty nest years. Uh, For now, on behalf of Greg and Aaron and our entire team, thanks for joining us today. I'm John Fuller and this has been the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. Is
4: your marriage holding on by a thread?